you can open your Bibles. We're going to uh, study along the lines of who we are and what we have in Christ. And we have, we did teach on that a couple of weeks ago, and then it was Mother's Day, and so we taught on mothers and uh, honoring your mother. And so today we're going back uh, to that uh, subject matter, and we're going to talk about new life in Christ. Praise the Lord. So according to God, you are who God says you are. Hallelujah. You have what God says you have, and you can do what God says you can do. Let's say it together. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. Praise the Lord. Say it again. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. All right, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's a theme scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So that's who you are. Amen. Right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So that's who you are. You are a new creature. And old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Other translations say, have become new. So then everything that you were, the old person that you were, and this is uh, as we have taught in past lessons that uh, there's three parts to your being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. But primarily you are a spirit. And your spirit is a part of you that is born again. When you get saved and accept Jesus Christ and call on the name of Jesus and uh, confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, then you, your spirit man, is born again. Amen. And Jesus said, you must be born again, right? Yes. And so your spirit man must be born again, and your spirit man is born again when you call on Jesus and you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead. And uh, so... That means you are born again, and that means that you are a new creature in Christ. You are a new person in Christ. One translation says you are a new self, the real self, the spirit self, the inner self, the person on the inside. So man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body, and the part of you that is born again or is a new creature is the spirit part of you. So then after you get born again, you still have some work to do. In cooperation with God's Word and God's Holy Spirit, we uh, get our minds renewed to the Word of God more and more as we grow in God and God, in God's Word, and uh, we become transformed on the outside. Yes. Be not conformed to this world, Romans 12. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that's what we're after. That's... Amen. That's our goal now. And uh, you've got the basis for that. You've got the basis for it in Christ. 
Praise the Lord. And so uh, getting a confession uh, that is in line with what God says about who you are and what you have and uh, what you can do in and through Christ. Praise God. It's all connected to Christ. Right? It's everything God does in Christ and he does in you. So it's all about Jesus Christ living in you and through you. And so, another version, uh, 20th century verse, uh, uh, version says it this way. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in union with Christ, remember we talked about union. Uh, you've been grafted into Christ. You've been uh, placed into union with Christ. You are one with Christ. And so your spirit is one with Christ. Your spirit is in union with Christ. Your spirit has been grafted into Christ. And so you are in union. You're connected to Christ spiritually. All right, so he says, therefore, if anyone is in union with Christ, he is a what? New being. A new being. His old life has passed away and a new life has begun. His old life has passed away, and a new life has begun. So the old life, the old person you used to be, is gone, and a new life has begun. And really, when you get born again, you receive eternal life. Your spirit is born again, and the way your spirit is born again is through faith in Jesus, of course, faith in God, faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in the death and resurrection of Christ. And there's different uh, ways in Scripture that people, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead and confessed Jesus as Lord with your mouth, you shall be saved, right? So uh, if you're born again, when you're born again, uh, then what happens is eternal life comes into your spirit. You receive God's life. How did you receive that life? It came by faith in the gospel, faith in the word of God. Remember, the gospel is the what? Power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. To the Jew first and then also to the Greek. As found in Romans 1. So, uh, your spirit man, when you believe the gospel, the gospel, God takes that word and the Holy Spirit causes that word to recreate your spirit and gives you life. Amen. Hallelujah. Eternal life. So eternal life comes into your spirit when you're born again. Whosoever believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. So when you're born again, you have this eternal life. Eternal life is not just life when you go to heaven. Eternal life is life that you receive when you receive Jesus. Eternal life is what causes you to go to heaven. Praise the Lord. In other words, if you have eternal life, you believe on Jesus, and you've received eternal life, then when Jesus comes for his church, for his bride, then you're out of here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. When, the, when he shouts, we're going out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. There is a catching away. Hallelujah. The coming of the Lord Jesus is coming for his church. Amen. And those who have died, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. Yeah. And we which are alive and remain 
shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Praise God. Praise God. We could stop there and shout for about an hour. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank God. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, so then, you have eternal life. A new life has begun. Amplified Bible, which we read a couple of weeks ago. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. And as I said, I like that, uh, that phrase. He is a new creation, a new creature altogether. Completely new. Completely new. Your spirit man is completely new. Not half new, not uh, one-third new, not 75% new. No, your spirit is altogether new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, and behold, a fresh and new has come. So your old spiritual condition has passed away, and that spiritual condition was spiritual death. Spiritual death is what people have that are not born again. It came through Adam, Adam's sin passed down. Generation after generation, and sin and death was passed down. And so, death is in this world, spiritual death. And people are spiritually dead, and they need spiritual life. Praise God. The only way to get it is through Jesus Christ. So he says, your old spiritual and moral condition has passed away, and behold, a new, a fresh and new has come. Now, what a wise translation says, a new creation, everything has become new. And then he uh, puts in there a new nature. So then when you receive eternal life, you receive a new nature. Your new nature and eternal life is one and the same. So your nature is changed spiritually. You still have your flesh nature. In other words, your natural tendencies. You still have those in, and of course, some of those things uh, God instantly just sets you free from. Some of those things are a process, right? So then, you as a Christian, as a believer, everything has become new. You have, an, in your spirit, you have a new nature. So eternal life imparted to our spirits makes us new creations in Christ and imparts to our spirit a new nature. So you are a new creation in Christ and you have a new nature. Hallelujah. And E.W. Kenyon said about this, he said it's a mir miraculous recreation of man. Now your spirit existed before it was just spiritually dead. Uh, you know, without the spirit, the body is dead. In other words, your, your body could not live without the spirit in it. Your body cannot function according to scripture. The body dies, the spirit leaves. Spirit and soul leave. 
Either go to hell or go to heaven. And so Jesus has provided the way to heaven. So our emphasis is heaven. Praise God. Our emphasis is the way to get there. Praise God. The way to live in Christ, be in Christ, and know that you're on your way to life eternal in heaven. Now, you, again, you have eternal life here. You just, when you get there, you, it extends itself. Uh, w. Vine says it this way. Eternal life extends itself to the domain of the body. In other words, the life that's in your spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you a new body, quickens your body. You know, you have the same spirit living on the inside of you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, he got a new body. And he's actually sitting in heaven on the throne with that new body. It is a brand new resurrected body. And you're going to get one like his. Praise the Lord. You're going to get a glorified body like unto Jesus' glorified body. You're going to get a glorified body, and, and, and uh, you know, it just looks better. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Shines brighter. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, praise the Lord. It doesn't get out of shape. It doesn't get old. Praise the Lord. You got it. You're going to have an eternal uh, body. Praise God. Well, that's a blessing. We could stop and shout on that one. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go to John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse 4. It's all good, but just for the sake of time, we'll just pick, lift a verse out of the context here and just speak the verse. Praise the Lord. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So Jesus coming to this earth, in him was life. So he came into this world with this life. This word eternal life or life, eternal is a separate word, of course. But life is used about 134 times in the New Testament, which tells you it's a pretty important subject. Just the word zoe is used 134 times. So it's a pretty large subject. And when the angel let Peter out of prison, uh, it was a pretty cool thing that happened there. Opened the doors of the prison. Angels came to visit. So when angels come to visit, they do supernatural things. I said, when angels come to visit, they do supernatural things. You know, they do supernatural things even when you're not aware of it. Angels like to hang around people and help you. So you should acknowledge them every day. The angels of the Lord, they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. So that's you. So you should acknowledge them 
and let loose them and let them do what they're here to do and speak words. It said they are come for thy word. So, so the angels of God are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for you. They're here right now. Helping. Glory to God. So, that's another subject. Praise the Lord. In him, in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men. So Jesus came with this life, and in this life, it emanates light. There's glory around the throne. I mean, the presence of God is around the throne. Glory emanates from God. He's full of life. Hallelujah. So the throne of God, it emanates light. It comes out of his being, out of his person, who he is. And Jesus came with this life, and this life was to be the light of men. You shine as lights in this world, holding forth the word of life is our theme scripture. You shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. So Jesus was the word made flesh. He took on a flesh and blood body. He took on a human body, a perfect human body, that is. Bypassed the virgin birth. That's why he didn't have a sin in his body. That's why he wasn't affected by sin. Now, he was tempted to sin. Adam was tempted to sin. But he failed the test, but Jesus passed the test. But anyway, so he's... Come to this earth with a real human body. He's a real man, but he's God manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. So some of this light and glory is kind of cloaked. You follow me? It's in him, and it comes out of him, but it's somewhat cloaked. Do you follow me? So it doesn't shine like he would shine sitting on the throne. be easy for people to believe that he's, he's God or he's the Messiah if he was coming down here and the glory was just shining all over. A little easier. But he demonstrated the power of God to reveal his power and the glory of God when it came his time. Well, let's get back to it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So he came to bring light and life. Let's go to John chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 5, and we're going to go to verse 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. So God the Father has life, and God sent his Son to the earth, and he gave him this same life in the earth. 
Now, he had life in heaven. You understand? But he gave him to have life in this earth. The same life that was in the Father is in the Son. The difference is God the Father is sitting on the throne in heaven. Jesus is here with a human body wrapped around his spirit. So he's carrying this life. Now, he was carrying this life as a baby. He was carrying this life when he was five years old. He was carrying this life when he was 12 years old, talking to the lawyers and the religious people in the temple. And, and, and just, they're like, who is this kid? You know, he's, they're listening to Jesus at 12 years old, the wisdom that came out of him. So Jesus is carrying this glory. He's carrying this life. He has this life on the inside of him. Let's go to verse, uh, John chapter 10, verse 10. Glory to God. John 10, verse 10 is a little more familiar scripture to a lot of people. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if you are wondering what the devil is up to, it's very clear. He cometh not but for to. The reason he came was to steal, kill, and destroy. In some way, whether it's through sickness and disease, through uh, poverty or lack or whatever, uh, he, whatever he's doing to steal, kill, and destroy, and there's a lot of ways that stealing, killing, and destroying would destroy people's lives. So he's all up to steal, kill, and destroy. He's up to no good. He's never doing anything good. He has no good in him. He has nothing good to offer. And anything that he inspires it may look good. It may look like it's amazing, but it's a lie from hell. And it's for dece deceiving purposes. So he's a liar as well as a thief. You know, most thieves, they're not telling the truth. Well, I'm going over to this house tonight to rob this house. Or I'm going to the grocery store. Or I'm going to the bank. They don't tell you they're going to the bank and rob from the bank. And afterwards, when they get caught, they say, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> so lying goes along with it. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. So he is a liar, and he's up to no good, so he lies and tries to deceive people in order to destroy their life, kill, steal, and destroy. He is a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a thief. Right? But Jesus said, I am come. In contrast to the devil, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us life. And this is the same word, zoe. 
He came to give us life, the same life that the Father has in himself, the same life that Jesus has in himself, the same life that Jesus was raised from the dead with, the same life because he had been made sin, he had uh, tasted death for every man, he had suffered the penalty of death, right? But God justified him and justified us in him. God declared us justified so he could be legally raised from the dead. And Jesus was raised from the dead. And when he was raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit shot life right into, the, into Jesus Christ, into his spirit and into his body. And Jesus was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead came in Side of you, and he lives in you. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it says, He shall also quicken your mortal body. That's not just for your body to become immortal and go to heaven, he'll quicken your body right now, he'll give you life right now. The spirit of God will quicken your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, he'll quicken your body, he'll quicken you and give you life. Quicken means to give life to. So the Holy Spirit is living in you, and he is the spirit of life, and you were born of the spirit. You were born of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit was born again, and the spirit of God made you have this life. You were born of the word, which is life. Hallelujah. His words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Hallelujah. The word of life, holding forth the word of life in this word is life. And your spirit, the word and the spirit of God together made you a new creation and gave you eternal life and you are a possessor of eternal life right now you possess this life on the inside of you the quality of life that God has on the inside of him that quality of life that Jesus had on the inside of him the same quality of life that he had you have we have we have this life within these earthen vessels Praise God. So Jesus came to do what? That we might have life. Jesus came that we might have life eternal, eternal life. It's the quality of life that God's, God has. That's why he puts eternal with it. In other words, he, sometimes you see it as just life. Other times it says eternal life. But both ways, it's eternal life. It's such a high quality, it lasts forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is God's life. It is God. <laughs> if it's God's life, it's going to last forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so, oh, glory to God. There's all kinds of places to shout in here. Praise the Lord. Let's go to John 3. 
John chapter 3 and verse 36. Glory to God. John 3, verse 36. <laughs> this is a good scripture. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Notice the tense. He that believes on the Son hath. Everybody say hath. That means you already have hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So believing on the Son is essential. Amen. Believe, he that believes on the Son hath, hath, hath everlasting life. He possesses, glory to God. I'll give you another translation that renders it that way. Many do. Any man Condon's translation says, Any man who has faith in the Son already possesses eternal life. Anyone who has faith in the Son already possesses eternal life. So you, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, you already possess everlasting or eternal life. You know those everlasting batteries, they don't, they don't last forever. The energy bunny, they don't, don't, don't last forever. Hallelujah. But this really does last forever. Praise God. This is eternal life. This is everlasting life. This is God's life. It's God's quality of life. Praise God. Now, the word zoe is the Greek word. That is found 134 times. There are other words for life in the scriptures about your behavior and so forth. There's actually about six, six different words for life. But it's not talking about eternal life or it's not talking about God's life. All right? So Zoe, it's spelled Z-O-E, but pronounced Zoe. So if you name your child Zoe... <laughs> This is Zoe, all right? So, uh, Zoe, used 134 times in the New Testament. But W. Vine says the definition is, defines it as, life as a principle. Life as a principle. Well, what does that mean? That means a principle is a law. Life as a principle. So it's a law of life, which can take you to Romans 8 and verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there's a law of sin and death working in this earth, but there's a law of the spirit of life working in your spirit. And the law of the spirit of life hath made us free, made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of life is greater than the law of sin and death. That's why, the, that's why Jesus overcame sin and death because life is greater than death. Righteousness is greater than sin. Light is greater than darkness. You can have darkness in this room, but as soon as you turn the light on, the darkness is dispelled. 
Praise the Lord. Life as a law, life as a principle. Secondly, life in the absolute sense. Life in the absolute sense. Absolute life. Now, life in the absolute sense is life that is pure. It's not tainted with anything else, no sin or death or darkness. Or it's, it's pure. Uh, I could illustrate it by, uh, if you consider uh, absolute cold, absolute cold is, is where you've never lived. And if you did go there, you'd die. You couldn't, you couldn't stand the cold. Your body could not hold up under that cold. Absolute cold is absence of heat. In other words, it has no heat in it. It's absolute cold. So there's absolute life. It has no death in it. It's absolute life. It has no sin in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh, and he hath nothing in me. He didn't have anything in him. In other words, there was no sin. And when he was tempted, he didn't sin. So, in your, in your spirit, in this spirit part of you, you have this life that is absolute life. It is God's life. And it's been imparted to you, and that's what Jesus came to bring, is absolute life. Then the last phrase in his definition, it's really not the last, there's a lot to the definition, but... It's life as God has it, that which the Father has in himself. It is life as God has it, that which the Father has in himself. So he, he comes right out and says it. So you could talk about life as a principle, as a law. You could talk about absolute life, but then you can say it's God's life. Hallelujah. God's life. Everybody say it. God's life. I have God's life on the inside of me. Zoe life. Life as God has it is in my spirit. I have eternal life. God's life. Amen. So sometimes this word is translated along with eternal or everlasting life, as I said. Now then, I said earlier that eternal life is a nature. So the nature, word nature, means it, com it comes from nasi, N-A-S-C-I, to be born. To be born. Nature. We have things in nature that are born, right? It means to be born. And it's the quality or qualities that make something what it is. The quality or quality that makes something what it is. The essence of it. So, 
this is the quality of life, God's quality of life, the life of God that is on the inside of us. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. God's life was imparted to our spirits at the new birth. The impartation of eternal life creates a new nature within us. Eternal life is the nature of God. So therefore, we partake, when we partake of eternal life, then we partake of the nature of God. Now William Barclay says it this way. He's a translator, writer. It is the injection into the realm of time of something of the realm of eternity. The injection in the realm of time of something of the realm of eternity. It is the coming into human life of something of the life of God himself. You have the very life of God in you. Now go with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, you, hallelujah, our Lord Jesus. 2 Peter. Glory to God forever. We're in 2 Peter, and we're going to go to chapter 3. In verse 3, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God's power has given us all things. Everybody say all things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That by these exceeding great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So you have escaped from the corruption that is in this world. All right, now, when you receive the precious promises of God, in other words, first of all, you believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. You believe that in your heart. You believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth, and you are saved, and you receive eternal life. At that point, you receive the nature of God. Amen. Now, let's go back. You don't have to turn there, but go back in your thoughts here to uh, John chapter 10 and verse 10. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So he says you can have life and you can have it more abundantly. Other translations say, you can have life. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it in overflowing measure. 
So life is measurable. It is a measurable substance. It is a real God substance that is imparted to your spirit. When you were born again, you received a, a new creation life. I mean, that's um, that's a pretty amazing thing. You received a new spirit, a new creation life, a recreation of your spirit. You were born again. So then, that is amazing in itself. But he said you can have it in an overflowing measure so you can have more of this. You can have it flowing in you and you can have it flowing through your soul, through your body, through your life and flowing out from you to be a blessing unto others. So it's not just what you have for yourself but what you can distribute and you can share with others around you this new life from God. It is God's life, eternal life, and you can have it in greater measure. You can have it in greater measure by praying in the Holy Spirit, worshiping God, and different things, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You can have more of it by meditating on the Word, praise God, and just letting the words fill your heart. God increases the life measure in your life. The same is true through these divine promises, these promises you can partake of this nature of God. So you can have the nature of God on the inside of you, but you can have a greater measure of it as you grow in the knowledge of God, grow in the grace of God, grow up into Him in all things. And, and so your, your life is transformed as a result. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And our goal is to be transformed into the same image. Praise God. Not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Praise God. Weymouth says, it is by means of those that he has granted us his precious and wonderful promises. In order that through them you may one and all become sharers in the very nature of God, having completely escaped the corruption that is in this world, that which exists in this world through earthly cravings. New Life says through these precious promises you can have God's own life in you. Praise God. Somebody say eternal life. Life as God has it. Thank you, Jesus. W.E. Vine says divine means it's used of his nature as that which proceeds from himself or from Theos, God. That which proceeds from himself. Whatsoever is born of what? God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world so you are born of God and so this life of God comes into you when you're born again this nature of God comes into you when you're born again and you have been made a partaker of the divine nature God's very own